want to welcome also those who are worshiping with us through LifeGate Outreach TV or listening to the podcasts. I believe God that he has brought you and I believe that it is for a divine purpose and that purpose will be established in your life in the name of Jesus. We are starting a fantastic series in the next four weeks of accessing divine help and we'll be looking at four things that God wants us to look in this season. There are so many things according to scripture. But we'll be looking today on uh, the principle of fasting and prayer. Of course, we started as a church our corporate fasting on Thursday, the 4th of this month, and we'll carry on right through to Wednesday, the 24th of January, by the grace of God. But to give us some good background and a foundation for us to continue to build, I'd like us to look at some scriptures today and uh, to just discuss the word. We have a banner which we'll be seeing very much of over the next four weeks. We'll just be highlighting the things as we would normally do in our series. So we'll be looking at those four things, fasting and prayer, humility, divine positioning, and obedience. But by the grace of God, today we'll look at fasting and prayer as a key to accessing divine help. You see, when we talk about fasting, it has been misconstrued quite a lot. And um, at times you may wonder, that is it necessary to actually teach on fasting or to share about fasting? But the reality is that we always need to understand what we are doing so that we can take delivery of the purpose for which God has intended it. Amen. 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 So fasting, when we talk about it, is a willful abstaining from natural pleasures for a spiritual purpose. This is particularly a definition that was given by a great mentor of mine who has gone to be with the Lord. He has never met me, but he mentored my life so much for over 20 years. God's servant, Miles Monroe. It is simply a willful abstaining from natural pleasures for a spiritual purpose. And we must understand this. And many times the natural pleasure is really pinnacled or underpinned by food, first and foremost. You know, many things that we do in life always has to be in the, always has to have the connotation of food. When we celebrate, we have food. When we live life, we have breakfast, we have lunch, we have our supper. And many times, even while you are eating breakfast, you're already thinking about what you want to have for lunch. How many of you used to live like that? When you go out for a function and you are in a hotel and um, they're serving you things and then you are thinking, let me plan myself very well because I want to eat lunch. You're already thinking about lunch. Food has a very strong dominant control on man. That's why the very first temptation that Jesus encountered from Satan had to do with food. Someone say food. Food. Say food. You've heard that many times. We'll have some food. (laughs) It is a very stronghold element of life that we have to break. And that's why one of the essential elements of what we fast, what we give up naturally, is food. So we, we, we have to exercise abstaining from food, at times from water and natural pleasures. There are different kinds of fasts. Some in part, we, we break, do some of these things in part and some in full. Now, when you just missed a, miss a meal and you didn't fast for the day, don't just say that, you know, I'm fasting. Don't just convert it to a fast. It must be an intentional engagement. Or when you don't have enough to, to eat. We used to do that many years ago. Guys didn't have enough to eat on campus. And then they would say, bro, I'm fasting. Because the reality is if he had money, he wouldn't, he wouldn't fast. But because he didn't have money to eat, he said he's fasting. That's not fasting. Fasting is your deliberate rejection of food for a season so that you can engage with God and engage with the spiritual. Amen. 
So whilst fasting must take place and we deny ourselves of food and pleasures and things of life, we must understand that it must also have a connotation of prayer. That is why we say it is fasting and prayer. It must have, and the word prayer there is not just about praying and speaking to God. It includes meditation, studying the word of God, meditation on the word of God, meditating on the word of God. So all these are essential elements of fasting that must always be in place in our lives. Isaiah chapter 58 from verse 3. We read Isaiah 58 earlier on when Dr. Ezekiel led us in the scripture reading. So I'll just pick a few verses there. He said, why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? In fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exploit all your laborers. He said, you say you are fasting, but at the same time, you are living a pleasurable life. And you are doing things that do not show spirituality, that does not allow me to fellowship with you. Hallelujah. He says, so you cannot say that that is fasting. You exploit your laborers, you cheat people, you do all sorts of things, you tell lies, you think negatively, and you just go all out to do things that are contrary. And you are wondering, why have we not seen, even though we are fasting? God said to them, indeed, verse 4, you fast for strife, you fast for debate, and to strike with the feast of wickedness. He said, you will not fast as you do this day, to make your voice heard on high. This is very important. He said, we must understand that fasting is very spiritual. Let's go to verse 6 and let's read together. Verse 6. He said, is this not the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness. Are you reading with me? To undo the heavy burdens. To let the oppressed go free. And that you break every yoke. He said, that is the fast. Verse 9. He said, when you... Fast, he said, then you will what? You shall call and the Lord will answer. You will cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and the speaking wickedness. May God continue to help us to fast and fast willfully correctly in the name of Jesus. And he said, you, you, when, you, when we read it earlier, He said, you should consider giving your help to the poor. You should consider doing good works. So the essential elements of fasting are denial of food. Somebody say denial of food. Denial of water. Denial of pleasure. And the doing of good. The word doing of good there means that you are spiritually engaging with God to do good works. Amen. Which means that you are conducting yourself in a way that is presenting a relationship that is wholesome and healthy. Those of you that have been joining, and if you have not been joining, this is another opportunity for you to hear. Every morning since we started the fasting at 5 a.m. for one hour, we pray. Those that have been joining can tell you it's a wonderful hour in God's presence. We, we, we meet together on uh, the web conference facility called Zoom, which we circulate through the church app groups. You'll hear more about that before the service closes. But part of what we share is for us to remain focused. After we pray in the morning, we say, please remain focused throughout the day so that you can continue to engage and hear from God. Amen. Amen. Verse 11 said, then he will guide you continually. Say, Lord, I thank you for continual guidance. Say, Lord, I thank you for continual guidance as I wait upon you. 
in the name of Jesus. He said, and he shall satisfy your soul in drought. When it is not expected that you should have, fasting helps your soul to be satisfied. And when your soul is satisfied, your flesh will be satisfied. Many times, the hunger that people try to feed is the hunger of the soul. How many people see that some people just keep eating? They keep eating. Your colleague at work just opens the next chocolate and is eating and eating and eating. And then he takes the next drink. He's drinking. And one hour later, he's looking for the next thing to eat. Now, that is not physical hunger. That is a craving of the soul. But the person thinks it is hunger that is physical. So no matter what they eat, no matter what they give to it, so they, they, they just can't be satisfied. It's the same thing with illicit sex and those kind of things that people think there is solace in them. Alcoholism, drunkenness. Those things are taken by people so that they can quench some kind of physical, uh, uh, some kind of, they think it's a physical craving, but it is a craving of the soul. And Isaiah, God said to him that God will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in the drought. When your soul is famished and empty, God will satisfy your soul. When you meditate on the word of God, your soul is refreshed and then you have control over your flesh. Every human being must have control over their flesh. You must be able to tell yourself, body is time to eat, body is time not to eat. Because there is stability on your inner man. Praise the Lord. And then look at, when your soul is strengthened, the Bible says he will strengthen what again? Your bones. So you will even have strength. You cannot explain that because naturally when you eat food, you should have strength. But the reality is that when you meditate on the word of God, there is a way it strengthens even your bones and gives you capacity. So that when you eat, it is not so much that it is the food that is giving you strength, but it is the word of God that you have meditated upon. That's why when the devil said to Jesus in Luke chapter 4 and said, turn these stones to bread, Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Hallelujah. He said, you shall be like a water garden and, and spring of water whose waters do not fail. Your waters will not fail you. In the name of Jesus. Just for our learning, I want to quickly tell us there are three types of fasting recognized in Scripture. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Number one, there's what is called regular fasting. See, regular fasting. This is when you abstain from all food, both solid and liquid. No food, no water for a period of time which is what we are engaging in, and uh, you, you, can, you can have that. Now, at times, some people add water, but I personally do not, okay? This particular kind of fasting allows you to drink water. If you are really famished, let's say you are walking out in the desert or you are on a field and you are really famished and you need to have water, you can't take water. But if you really want to fast and engage completely, you can do without water. Even though this type of fasting allows you to fast and take water. The motive is when you are just trusting God for divine intervention. We have read the story of uh, Jehoshaphat many times. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 3. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 3. The Bible says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord, and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. 
Somebody say he feared. What did he fear? If you read verse 1 and 2, the Bible says there were kings coming against him. And the report came. Those of us that were praying on Friday, you will remember we shared this in the morning. And the report, or yesterday actually in the morning. And the report came to him that the people are, are against him. Four kings have come against him. And the Bible says he first feared. But what we must learn from Jehoshaphat, can I have Second Chronicles 20 verse 3 please? What we must learn from Jehoshaphat is that he did not stop at his fear. When you fear, it is natural. For you to be afraid when you hear bad reports and things not working well, it is natural. But don't stop there. The Bible says as soon as he feared, he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout all Judah. Amen. So when you hear reports of what the devil is trying to do in your life and how the devil is trying to uh, make your life a mockery or mess up your testimony, you need to not stop at the fear of the news and don't be discouraged because you were afraid. It is natural to be afraid. You only need to remind yourself that that is not the spirit that God has given to you. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Amen. And so you do not fear because it is not the spirit that God has given to you. So when you see fear, do like Jehoshaphat. Seek the Lord. Turn around. Seek the Lord. Proclaim a fast. And begin to see God work on your behalf. When you have time, again, read the rest sections of Second Chronicles chapter 20 from verse 4 downwards and see what God did for this great servant. So we also have what is called a partial fasting. This is what Daniel did in Daniel chapter 10. This is when we fast from certain foods. It's not as common again these days, but it is a kind of fast that you do for a period of time. Usually, like Daniel's case, it was done over 21 days. And he fasted by just abstaining away from wine, abstaining away from certain kind of choice foods, so just eating vegetables and a few things that just nourished him over that period and nothing more. It is what is called a partial fast. If you are desirous of gaining insight and you want to concentrate on something that God wants to do in your life, this is a good way to fast. You do it consistently, meditating on the word of God, eating light food and drinking a bit of water, not drinking anything exotic, no juices, no wine, nothing, just meditating on the word of God as much. In Daniel chapter 10, the Bible says verse 2, in those days I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks, talking about the 21 days. Verse 3, he said, I ate no pleasant food, no exotic food, no heavy food. I did not eat something like meat or wine. I abstained from those things. I only took fresh vegetables and the things that could help me just maintain some nourishment. But my focus was on God. He said, I, I did not also anoint myself at all. That is to say, I did not use things that were of fragrance per se. He said, for the whole three weeks to be fulfilled. But we know that this was when God, in the time of Cyrus, that God now gave insight to Daniel about the things that was going to happen. And the Lord continued to cause him to have dominion. When we partially fast like this, we give God the opportunity to reveal deep things to us. When we talk about deep things, they don't have to do only with the things that are spiritual. At times, some of you need to know the deep things concerning the profession. In fact, every one of us, 
whatever trade you're in, whether you're a plumber, you're a nurse, you're an electrician, you are a doctor, you are a teacher, you are an astronaut, whatever you do, you need to have deep insights into what God is put in your life as a vocation to do. Hallelujah. And when you partially fast like this, it helps you also, like every other form of fasting, but when you partially fast, it helps you also to gain those insights. Then thirdly, there is what is called absolute fasting. Say absolute fasting. Now this is the kind of fast that you only engage when you are properly trained and you are properly educated about. This is going the full hog. No food, no water, no drinks, nothing for a length of time. It's usually for about three days. And we must understand, no food, no water is consumed we know that there were certain extraordinary characters in scripture that did this for 40 days. People like Moses, when he was waiting on God for the Ten Commandments. People like Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19. And our Lord Jesus Christ himself, which we read about in Luke chapter 4. But these are exceptions. And unless God specifically gives you a mandate, an absolute fast is, giving, is going to deliver the same thing for you as a regular fast will. But it also helps you to go into deeper things because you have given yourself a total denial of everything natural. So it is very important that we understand that if God calls you into this kind of fast, you must seek for divine help and it allows you to enjoy divine intervention. This is the kind of fast that Esther fasted in her days. And she commanded everybody to fast. Look at Esther chapter 4 verse 16. You know, the Jews were going to be destroyed. The instructions had come that every one Jew would be exterminated. And the news reached her uncle Mordecai. And Mordecai came to say to Esther, you are in the palace. God has given you an op uh, opportunity to speak to the king to reverse this decision. And Esther was not aware what was happening. But when she was told and she was convinced about it, she made up her mind and she said those famous words. I believe this is the most important verse in the book of Esther by my estimate. Let's read together. He said, go gather all the Jews who are present where? In Shushan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do what? Fast likewise. And so I will go to the king which is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. And we all know that she didn't perish. Amen. I always like to end it that way, because we all know she didn't perish. But you see, it was a determined move to encounter God in a very unique circumstance. And there are times that we may need to go this way. When there is a persistent affliction and a, a setup, a ganging together of wickedness, you may need to trust God for the capacity to go on an absolute fast and engage your brethren as many that can join together with you. He said, gather all the Jews. He said, gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan. And so there are times we do that. Saul also, in Acts chapter 9, went on an absolute fast. Verse 8 and verse 9, the Bible says, after God met, Jesus met him on the way to Damascus, he arose from the ground. When he was slain to the ground, we know the story, he fell off his horse and he was slain to the ground. Then he arose from the ground and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. Because God had temporarily 
removed his sight so that he can be led into Damascus to the house of Ananias where he will be discipled into what God wants for him. The Bible says, but they led, they led him by the hand and brought him where? Into Damascus. Praise the Lord. They brought him into where? Into Damascus. Amen. And he was three days without what? Sight. Neither ate nor drank. He neither ate nor drank. So he got this revelation. And we know that with Paul, after this encounter, for three years, he became tutored. He became discipled. And he became a person that was now mightily used of God. So much so that when we read of Paul later, a lot of his exploits were even bigger and far-reaching than those of the apostles who initially carried the mandate from the very mouth of Jesus Christ when he was here physically. And so, the absolute fast helps us in many regards. And so, I want to encourage you, as I begin to bring this to a close, that what we need to understand about fasting is this. It is not a natural exercise. I've seen many people say many times, I'm putting on some weight, I should probably do some fasting. No. I mean, fast by all means, but you don't fast because you are putting on weight. You control your diet because you are putting on weight. That's a different thing. But when you are fasting, you are engaging with God in a spiritual activity that is helping you to overcome some physical barriers and allows you to have a spiritual, deeper, intimate work with God. We must understand that fasting does not help God. It helps us. Fasting does not help God to manifest. Whether we fast or we don't fast, he does what he chooses to do. But if we want to engage with him and learn of him and know more of him, then we fast and we engage him and then we allow him to actually have that personal manifestation in our lives. So fasting and prayer helps us to experience and manifest the divine power of God. If we want to have divine help this year, let us engage with the fasting we have now and let us make fasting a lifestyle. We don't fast only because it is January and everybody tends to fast in January. We fast because it gives us an opportunity to launch the year into a platform where we are engaging with God for solid foundations. There are some things that God will tell you in the course of this month that will change your life forever. And there are some things God will tell you later on in the course of the year because of the engagement from this month and the rest of the year by way of fasting and prayer that will help you. Fasting is not an Old Testament doctrine. Jesus fasted, we know. The apostles fasted, we know. Paul fasted, we know. And everyone, the, the Bible says there was a woman in Luke chapter 2 called Anna who was fasting and praying just to wait for the Savior to be born. We read about her during Christmas meetings. So, one of the big things that God does for us when we fast is that he allows us to enjoy divine direction. When you hear from God... Your life can never remain the same. I say your life will never remain the same. In the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 13 verse 1. The Bible says now in the church there was at Antioch. There were certain prophets, teachers, Barnabas, Simeon who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manain who had been brought up with what? Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. Verse 2. As they ministered to the Lord and did what? 
fasted. Let's read verse 2 together quickly. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Verse 3. Then having what? Fasted and prayed and laid hands on them. They did what? They sent them away. No wonder Barnabas and Saul had fantastic ministry. They left that place. They went on to Cyprus. They went on to Pisidia. They went on to Antioch and all those places. And they began to manifest because there was fasting and praying and a release that sent them forth. And I want you to know that it is the act of fasting constantly that allows the Holy Spirit to speak in this audible manner that you can hear. When you fast, your spirit man is more activated. A lot of us need to hear more from God, like you heard during the powerful charge for expectation. You need to hear more from God about your life. It settles every affair. When you hear where you are going, whatever you face on the way is immaterial. Because God has shown you what lies ahead. Amen. How many of you have have had to drive two hours, three hours, and you are so tired? And after one hour, you parked like me, and you took about 15 minutes to sleep at a service station. How many of you have done that before? You've never done it. God help you to do it one day. And you find that you, you rest, but you don't get miffed about those things on the way because your picture of the future is very clear. You know exactly where you are going. You know exactly what God wants to do in your life. Amen. And so we must continue to learn how to hear from the Holy Spirit and keep running with the mandates for our lives. The Bible says, having fasted and laid hands on them, they prayed and they sent them away. Jesus lived a fasted life. And this is why he was able to exercise dominion and mastery every time. We must understand. And I speak, as I speak to you, I'm still hearing from the Holy Spirit about this mandate. So many things that he has said. So many things that he has promised, so many things that he has said he would do. We are seeing some of it come to pass, but some of it are still very distant to us. But we know that they will come to pass. I said they will come to pass. If God had made this come to pass out of nothing, he will surely make everything come to pass in your life and in this ministry in the name of Jesus. Matthew chapter 17 verse 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? This was when they could not cast out that demon. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there. Somebody say move from here to there. And it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Let's read verse 21 together. However, This kind does not go out. Okay, you don't have it. Let's say it together. Now, Matthew 17, verse 21. Okay, if you have it in your Bible, let's read. It's not the right scripture that's projected. Matthew 17, verse 21. The Bible says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And we know that Jesus did not go back to fast and pray before casting out that demon. All he did was to express his fasted life. When you are living a fasted life, you find that you stay in better control. When somebody comes to you where you are walking and is talking things that are contrary to the will of God for your life, you say, peace be still, and they behave. Whoever they are, whatever their position. Jesus said, let us go over to the other side. He was not fasting. 
It was not recorded that he was fasting. Because, but because he lived a fasted life, he could sleep in the stern of the boat. When you live a fasted life, this is why I sleep and I wake up when I want to. Ask my wife. She has never seen me one day. She said, tell me, what is it? She said, I can't sleep. Something is worrying me. No, no, not once. She has never. Have you ever seen it? Because I understand that what God has shown me will come to pass. When I get up and I want to pray, I say, now it's time to pray. We can go like that one hour, two hours. That is choice. I want you to stay settled with God. When you live a fasted life, he helps you to be stable. Because he tells you things that are from the spirit that keeps you solidly planted. That keeps you stable. There are too many winds of the world today that your strength and my strength cannot withstand. But with the strength of the inner man that comes by fasting, by active engagement with the spirit of God, we remain stable and we remain victorious. I say we remain stable and victorious in the name of Jesus. I'd like you to rise to your feet.